Hey, what's up folks? Welcome to Dojo Talks. Uh, today we're going to be discussing the prospects of um, getting a coach and our thoughts on the topic. Um, but let me let me throw it to, to Jesse because this was his idea for the show. Yeah, so uh, a, ways, a ways back we had an interesting discussion uh, with Eugene Perelson here talking about different ways that you could study different ways you could be coached talk about different coaching styles and we've talked at length about how we ourselves are different as coaches different coaching philosophies but um you know uh, i've had the interesting experience of having a coach for a while now he's an angry old russian soviet who needs to be anonymous so we call him kgb and so that's been an interesting experience for me and because that's been kind of fruitful I uh, am interested also in like, well, I should just say Kosti had this amazing performance. Congratulations to Kosti where he won the squid chess and won for the dojo loads of cash. And the first thing I said was like, oh, Kosti should get himself a coach uh, with that money. And he earned it. He should have a coach. And then maybe they could stream the episodes. Maybe they wouldn't stream it, but it would be, I think, beneficial for his chess and interesting for the dojo. Anyways, if he had a coach who was like, listen, Kostya, this is what you need to do to make GM. I do think it's important to have a coach. And I'll just say from my own experience, um, uh, a lot of me not having a coach for most of my life was about poverty, right? I was just simply too poor to have a coach. Um, and I didn't understand as well the importance of having a coach. So this is a kind of a new thing for me. And so that's why I brought it up as a topic. And part of my interest in doing this show is I'm trying to sell Kostya on the idea that he should resurrect one of these old Eastern Bloc GMs that we, you, whose name you heard like 20 years ago, but who are still alive, living in some cave, waiting for Kostya to find them so that they can teach Kostya and make him into a, a, a master GM player. <laughs> Anyways, I'll throw it over to Kosi. He can say a little bit about what he's thinking of in this regard. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm with you in spirit. I like the idea of getting a coach. I think coaching is something that's very helpful because um, it can really streamline your improvement. Um, I've been talking to uh, one coach over these last couple of months. We've only we haven't worked together too much. We've only met like once or twice, um, but uh, I'm hoping that can kind of work out because uh, uh, yeah they're a really good player and they seem like a good coach as well um, but uh, yeah I would definitely be interested in exploring uh, the chance to work with any of the the old the old gurus <laughs> uh -huh. in, in the Soviet chess school I think that would be cool um, I've also uh, been wanting to train uh, with you guys, like as a group, actually, I think that would be another thing that could be really fun to do, like a group mm -hmm. training session with one of these guys, and they could put us put us all through the ringer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, right. I guess that's just that's just my story. I, I mean, I, I think coaching is very helpful, and uh, uh, personally, I, I think we're going to get into this a bit. I like the idea of someone just telling me what to do. In fact, a lot of times, I wish. I had a life coach like that, you know, just tell me what right, to do. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do it, you know, tell me what to eat. And yeah. Uh -huh. um, but 
the same time, I also feel like, so I haven't worked with a coach too much these last couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. I've also felt like the work that someone like me needs to do, it, it's not that complicated. Like I need to work on my calculation. I need to work on my openings. I need to work on my end games. And I definitely need to improve my middle games as well. Like there's no shortage of things that I, I could be working on. So that's why I'm often not super pushed to getting a coach because I feel like the work is cut out for me. But I do think that um, is not necessarily the case for everyone. And I don't think it has to do with level so much as more just like maturity. I think a lot of adults are capable of like studying on their own, provided they have some kind of plan. Whereas um, kids and people don't have a direction generally do need like some kind of coaching and they need help to figure out like what what to do with their time. Jesse, you mind if I um, take your hand for a second and push on Kostya? Yeah, go ahead. So Kostya, you say you know what you need to do. Uh, Are you doing it? Hmm. Am I doing it? That's a good question. (laughs) Well, this month I've been working. Leading up to Vegas, I was training and I was... Mm, yeah, I would say doing a good chunk of those things, like end games, openings, and um, yeah. Now I have two months before my next tournament, and so that's that's kind of the plan. <laughs> okay, so before Vegas in mid September, you were training. Now it's been five or six weeks. Of me weeks focusing on on work. Yeah, you've been doing work, which is not work on you, but like coaching, teaching, right. Yeah. Um, And do you have a sense of like how much work it would take for you to like make progress on these goals or become a GM, which I've heard you say you want to become? I mean, I feel like it's uh, it it just takes a lot of work, honestly, like an endless amount of effort is what it Mm -hmm. seems like. Right. Um, so yeah, there is a sense of like that. There's not enough I could do <laughs> to right. help to to improve. So I'm, I'm just wondering if maybe for you, you would want a coach who tells you like, Kostya, like you need to give me like ten end games today. You know, you know, three chess base files on your openings tomorrow. Like you know, two hours solve these puzzles the day after. Like. Do you need somebody who sort of like drop down and give me 10 for you to like um, maybe have that? Because some people say, you know, they want to coach just to have somebody to be accountable for for their studying. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a huge benefit of it. Um, I don't know if it's like that part of it is not super important for me as much as um, just like having, I think, uh, a direction is, I think, very useful because a coach can make it a lot more specific coach can say like you know solve these exact studies or these exact problems or look at this exact player or this exact opening and i don't 100 percent know um let's say what within all the aspects of the game i should be working on so that's why i am interested in working with a coach who can kind of hopefully clarify that for me mm-hmm. right because that was the other thing i noticed you said you wanted to work on everything and then it's like, well, maybe you would you would need somebody who helps you focus. Um, yeah, your efforts a little bit. Mm-hmm. Your next tournament's the North American Open. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. All right, Jesse, your witness. Push on him. <laughs> well, one of the things that um, that I've discovered is as a life thing, not just a chess thing, that I think is very important for me. Yeah, breakthrough, I guess you could call it. It was the idea that I got turned on to by my student, James Altucher, which is that in if you want to prove at anything, it might even be the smallest little skill, you need to have somebody better than you. You need to have a cohort and you need to have somebody that you explain yourself to. So somebody who might not be on the level, but to whom you can explain your ideas and who will force you to be articulate about what you what your thoughts are. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the interesting thing about having a coach is surrendering that sense you surrender your sense of authority. So for example, Kostya's going about his study saying, okay, I know exactly what I need to do. And there's just, notice the way he describes it too. I think a lot of chess players like this to be like, oh my gosh, look at all this vast collection of stuff that I can do, right? It's kind of like when you go to YouTube and type in chess, you don't know what you're going to find there on YouTube, man. You're going to find all kinds of stuff in a similar way. Like, yeah, it's endless the amount of stuff that you can study, truly endless. And um, the thing about, that's interesting about surrendering at least some of the authority to an authority is that they will, that you will be forced, that you can then force yourself to take seriously whatever criticisms they have. And then at least for a time, you know, at least for a time to uh, let them lead you in some kind of direction right with your study Uh, if nothing else it will be something new and uh, if it's a reasonable coach they will have some kind of insight into what they think your patterns are the way you're thinking about the game and how you can improve and yeah it's it's an interesting process that yeah like i was a very old man before i discovered both the necessity i think in general of having a coach and then also um how in really everything to improve, you need to have somebody who's above your level uh, talking at you, you know? So for example, like when we talk, I don't feel, I feel like you guys are like my cohort, for example, we can talk and we, you know, chat about this, that, and the other thing. That's great. And I think that's a huge part of the improvement process as well, but definitely different than um, somebody above you to whom you're saying, okay, this person, you know, is better than me in some way. And a lot of these old coaches, for example, their rating might even be below yours at this point. And they're 60 years old and they're blundering pieces, but they still have a pretty good, and they might still have a very good idea of what's going on. Like if, yeah. And, and there's so many, I was funny. I was looking at, uh, well, my coach gave me this, one of the exercises he had me do is he's like, dude, your, your calculation you're kind of when you're or rather when you're sitting at the board, he's looking at how much time I'm spending on moves. And he's like, no, dude, you're taking too long. And so he had me do these exercises with from Kramnik's games of I had to do a solution every my my solution at three minutes, six minutes, nine minutes, and then it's over. I don't get any more than nine minutes. Mm-hmm. And anyways, we're looking at all these old Kramnik games. And I'm like, oh, these old timers that he was playing in 2001, 1996, they're still alive. All those guys, they're still alive. They would be amazing teachers. 
wow. I mean, I just the list of names of guys you don't even think about anymore who are out there. It's stunning to me. Yeah, and they would love to teach somebody like Kosia. Oh my gosh. Yeah, what a great deal, you know? Um, so many people, so many people that are out there that I think are available, you know, and, and making the choice difficult difficult about you know having a coach um and that's a whole interesting other discussion that we can talk about today of like how do you choose a coach um and the consideration of money is off also got to be there as well you know it's it can be very expensive to have a coach and that was like I, as i said you know in my days of poverty that was one of the key key uh, limiting elements of that uh, aspect of it for me. And, you know, I talk a lot of smack about how you should analyze your own games. And one of the things in hindsight is not only was that a great strategy for me and something I still do, but it was a way to give directionality to my study uh, that didn't necessarily require someone hanging over me. You know, it was just like something I had to do, um, which I think a coach, you know, does. It gives you direction. Yeah. Um, well, I think that is the biggest, the biggest drawback is just the cost of coaching. But mm -hmm. I also feel like people tend to seek out expensive coaches because uh, if you look at like these lists on like chess.com and leechess, there's uh -huh. lots of players in like 2000, 2200 range, maybe even higher that uh, charge what I would consider very affordable rates. Uh -huh. And um, yeah, I feel like there are a bunch of coaches out there that are affordable and can do very good coaching. And it's like the, the typical trope, I guess. It's like if you're rated 1,000 or 1,200, you definitely don't need like a title player to coach you. You just need someone that can explain things to you. And if they're like 2,000, right. 2,200, they're likely more than good enough to, to help you. Um, I think, yeah, I didn't really have a GM coach till I was... Um, I think, uh, 16, 1700 or so. Um, and yeah, even then it might've not been necessary. Um, could have even been early. Um, so yeah, I think, um, maybe we should get into it. Like, how do you, how do you go about choosing a coach? How do you figure out what you want? And then like, you know, if you have, maybe that's a, a better question. What should you ask of a coach when you're, let's say, discussing with them, you know, your, your cooperation? Yeah, I mean, I think at our level, if we want to start with like what we might look for, I think at our level, like you really need somebody who's going to look at your games and like understand your weaknesses and like help point them out to you or give you ideas for how to deal with your own weaknesses. So that's what, so I would definitely expect that. Um, and, and that would be sort of something that I would, you know, say and be looking for somebody is like, you know, can you look at my games and tell me what's wrong and tell me how to fix it? That's definitely what I would want. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, in terms of like, let's say we were looking for a coach for Kostya, just as a, a, you know, using him as our guinea pig. I think we would be looking for, you know, one of the things about coaching that's so, as a coach, I'll say that's interesting is 
the amount of students you have can kind of snowball because somebody will be uh, taking lessons from you and they like what's happening. And so then they tell somebody else and it kind of snowballs up. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're the best coach. It just means that they've had that snowball effect of students recommending them. And then there's all of this stuff. And then now I, I feel like I'm just too expensive. I wouldn't hire myself just in terms of money. I just too expensive. Right. But I feel there are coaches out there. I know there are, in fact, who are charging significantly less than I am, who are ex very experienced GMs who can articulate themselves uh, well about the game and how things should, you know, what kind of training should happen. Um, you know, one of the funny things about being a student of KGB is that guy's mean, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know if he would be right for ghost you, man. He's ripping me every time to ripping me down with the cruelest things you've ever imagined. He's like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to yell at you. And then he yells at me every right, like five seconds later. And that's like an interesting thing to take into account with teaching too, which one of the interesting things is it's just evolved in my lifetime. Like teachers used to be given the space to be mean. And now we expect them, you know, to be kind, to be soft. Um, that's just a cultural shift that's happened. But yeah. It sounds like that's something that you were looking for, Jesse. Do you want someone to be mean to you? No, I don't necessarily need. I just think that if you're, if you're sensitive to that kind of thing, then you, you want to be careful about which coach you choose. You for know? sure. And I think I should be crueler, honestly, as a coach. And I, that, that sounds funny, but I, I honestly think that's true. So, for example, actually, uh, before in years past, I would always be promoting the idea that students go over their own games before they even come to the lesson with me. And now that I'm so busy, I'm just like, no, I'm not going to do the lesson until you do the work. I'm just getting mean about it. I'm getting mean and I'm seeing results as a teacher. Like people are doing it way more than they used to, you know, and that kind of that's, I guess, an element of of cruelty, if you like, of like, you know, I'm, I'm and I'm not generally I, I am very cruel in some parts of my life. But as a teacher, I'm generally not that cruel, you know, mm -hmm. so there's cruelty. There's certain amount and that's part of the thing about authority right you're giving this person some kind of control over your life and your mental space and maybe even your psychological well-being and that's part of the interesting thing about saying oh this person is above me it's a plus you know the plus above me that i'm having a certain kind of relationship to which is not that of uh hey bro how's it going let's hang out let's talk about the game you know yeah. yeah, that's so funny. I mean, that's that's I'm so used to that part of the culture growing up around like Russian coaches and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. it's just like this disappointment. You know, you feel almost like they're they're like almost like a father figure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think it is helpful because you know you you feel some shame after a bad game, and and then you learn like not to make certain mistakes anymore. <laughs> So it, it can be can be useful though as a coach I generally try to be on the more on the more positive side uh, which I think is I think is doable especially if you're working with someone like at a tournament and they're about to like go play a game and you're preparing them I think a coach that can uh, build you up and like get you pumped up right before the game is something that's that's very valuable mm -hmm. um, but uh, 
Yeah. Um, no, I was just thinking how strict I would want my my coach to be. I'm fine with a little cruelty. I mean, it's like I want to get better, right? So if I need to hear the cold hard truth, I, I definitely want to hear it. Um, so I can I can work on it. Um, but uh, yeah, you probably right. Got to be careful if you're sensitive to a coach or if they like tear you down too much. Um, I don't know. Personally, I don't. I feel like I don't feel too bad even if I play a bad game I just like okay I, I played bad whatever <laughs> like, uh, how, how would you like Kostya to have a coach who's really brutal with you who tells you things like oh no like this game you just played I can tell you're never going to be a GM so yeah to me it's like um it, there's a like fine balance between being honest and just being like over the top right like no one can say like oh this game shows you'll never like that's just something yeah that would just be like very dramatic (laughs) right so it's like yeah i don't need someone to just be like mean on purpose but i was more thinking like you know if my calculation is just weak it's just too weak then i would just want them to be like yeah you're you need to improve your like your calculation is just too weak like Hmm. Or, or even they say like, oh, you're, you're way worse than your average 2,500 or whatever, like, or your end games are 2,200 level. That would sting, but I mean, it would be useful, right? Mm-hmm. right. Versus just like, oh, well, you know, this shows you can't do it. <laughs> can't. Do, you, do you feel like you're, you know, a thousand hours away from 2,500 or 10,000 hours away? And do you think like uh, a really good coach could, could give you a sense of like what that gap is and that might be helpful to know? Honestly, no, I have no idea in terms of the number. It's, yeah, I don't know. I just don't find it natural to think about it in that way. Um, I just think, too, when, you know, I was trying to go from, like, 23 to 2,400 or or I was stuck at 2,200 for a while, I'm just, I don't know. I remember what the process was like of when, you know, you're doing challenging stuff, but then you feel like you're uh, improving, you're actually getting better at something in some in some respect. Um, and so for me, it's more of like, either I feel like I'm being challenged and learning new ideas and improving, or, uh, I don't feel that. And then I know I kind of like, yeah, need to work harder. I think in general, this could be applied to coach anybody else. I think one of the other things about chess players, whether I, and I think this truly applies to whether you're a thousand or higher is if you've been playing chess for a while and studying for a while, as all three of us have, and most of the people, you know, who are in the dojo, you will have, have a pattern of things that you study and you come back to and you kind of spin around and you do some habits and maybe you're like the guy who's changing the openings all the time, or maybe you're the guy who's doing the puzzle rush for something, whatever. And that will have a certain amount of effect, but especially if you're stuck at a plateau of any kind, wow. Yeah. You need some, you need a a rigid kind of direction out of that plateau. And as a coach, I'll say, you know, I've coached a lot of people both in plateaus and through plateaus, and it's hard. It is some of the hardest work possible. And you need both a coach, I think, and the student needs to be ready to hear the coach, to like actually do what the coach says, which is a whole other thing, you know, and that's coming now when I say that I'm speaking as a coach, right, who has had difficulty, you know, getting people to do what I say, you know, that doesn't, that's also 
a, a thing of difficulty, which requires, right? Like the student, I think when you get a coach, one of the most important things is you have to be ready. You have to be ready to cede some kind of authority to this person. I think it's really important. Yeah. Um, maybe as an example, one of the questions we were going to address today was like, should you come at the coach with certain things you want done? So, for example, I will say in my own experience as a coach, I have so many people come to me and being like, oh, man, my openings really need work. And and almost always I'm like in the back of my head, I'm like, no, it's probably, <laughs> you know, and we look and and and, you know, they there was an earnest thing. They want me to help them with their openings. And then we look at some of their games and I, I'm like, look, no, I don't I don't think this is the opening. And so um, I. In any case, we can talk length about it, about the opening question. But what I'm really driving at is um, I think a student should not come to a teacher with something limited like that. I guess I can kind of imagine like if you sought out some opening expert and you're like, dude, can you teach me that? That I do understand if you wanted to do some limited arrangement like that. But a coach is somebody who's going to guide you to the next level. I think you need to cede authority to that person. So they should be picking the topic. And what you're kind of setting the agenda for what your training program is. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse, can I, can I ask you, is this like something you can say in public, but um, like when you went to KGB, yeah. what did you tell KGB about what you wanted? Like, did you give any direction as to what you were trying to get out of coaching um, first of all i gotta say this was before i discovered this plus minus equal thing that this happened uh though i haven't been working with him that long um and no i i i uh i assumed a, a little bit about what would happen namely that i would be going over my games and showing them to him you know like i would study the games from tournaments i played and then we would look at them and then when there weren't games to go over, we would do something else. That's kind of my assumption, but that that was basically up to him and the diagnosis, if you want to put it that way, of what, what my problems are would come about through the review of the games that I showed. Them. That was my assumption. And that's mostly what what's happened. But, you know, yeah, at this point, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm following a lead. And I think at some point, you know, I could change coaches. Sure. You know, and, and for example, if Kostya found some amazing coach deep in a cave in Belarus or something that he really liked, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Maybe I'll switch coaches. I don't, you know, I don't have any purity principle like that or anything, but uh, and that would mean a lot. Actually, that would mean a lot. Actually, if somebody, came to me and was like, yeah, this coach is amazing, man. You, you need to give this dude a try. Um, yeah, that, that, that kind of recommendation means a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like um, it's, I don't know, to me, I like it when a student comes with something they want to work on or some sense of what they think their weaknesses are. But I think, yeah, if you just have to be open to other answers or other interpretations um, because yeah, I think people in general are not great at judging themselves for various things, but yeah, including, certainly including chess. So that's where I think the coach can really, um, can really make it easy for you. And I don't know, in many cases it is, it's like someone, it's like just has to work on their tactics or they have to think about what their opponent wants to do a little bit more carefully. Sometimes it's just like very 
clear things to work on. Um, so definitely I feel like the students should just, uh, I don't know, I would say defer defer to the coach unless, you know, it really it seems like they're giving you weird advice, um, which, right. um, yeah, maybe it happens. And I do caution people, you know, to working with folks that are like coaching for their first time. <laughs> it's like, you know, mm. a lot of times you know yeah not definitely not everyone out there is going to be a good coach and they're just going to say things that maybe worked for them or it's like oh yeah just play this opening this worked for me this wins against 1200s or 1400s or whatever like that's <laughs> it's my example of just like bad advice bad coaching <laughs> but um i think uh yeah once you find someone that you trust and you feel like you value their opinion and they're a very strong player then i think you know, yeah, kind of have some faith in, in the process because um, they're probably not going to be wasting your time with, with bad advice. Yeah. Now, Jesse, you said that if Coast, you found somebody amazing, yeah. that you could like switch a coach in some scenario. Is there any room or possibility for having more than one coach? Uh, maybe, but it sounds a little bit like too many cooks in the kitchen, right? You're going to have somebody adding oregano where the other guy's adding something totally different and it's not going to taste good. Okay. And you're going to give me a horse pull to do different directions if I can use more than one metaphor. You know, you can. Yeah. You're being pulled in two directions by two metaphors as well. That's right. Um, what about you, Kostya? Could you work with two coaches at once or more? Yeah, I've actually have worked with two coaches in the past and it was definitely a little weird because it was like um you know just for me personally it was hard to i mean the advice would rarely conflict but like you know there i still felt like there had to be some kind of uh hierarchy um but uh i think it worked out because i just basically got help from both of them and uh, i definitely improved my game in the process um I mean, weaker player back then. So I don't think it was so crazy that I improved. Like I was working on my chess and yeah, getting a lot of lessons. Um, so I think you should be careful about it. And I feel like you should just have a good reason for it, which is not, not that common. Um, like, right. like for instance, uh, one could, one coach could be your, let's say general, like your overall coach that says, here's what you're working on, here's the tournaments you should play, here's how you should train your chess, um, here are the time controls you should be playing. And then maybe, you know, you work with someone on openings every once in a while, because your main guy, he's like, I don't do openings, I'm not interested. <laughs> and then you go to someone else if you have like some specific opening questions. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, doable, but not definitely not necessary. Yeah. Um, one thing related to that, like if let's say we got some, you, Kostya found a dude in a cave in uh, Romania, and, just use a different East Bloc country, and we brought him on to, to do like teach all three of us at once. I wouldn't consider that having a different coach. That would just be like a cool session that we could be having with somebody and i'd totally be into that it'd be fun to stream too and that to me like we did at the gm house we had um sockets come that guy was amazing 
I can recommend that guy as a coach. He's a little bit idiosyncratic and kind of strange, but that guy was a great coach. And he wasn't necessarily talking to us as individuals, though, as a coach might do, right? But he was just presenting us with a lot of interesting material that we were working through together and, and in a kind of fun and competitive way. And Victor Mikulewski is also a great coach. He also came and did some sessions with us at the GM house. That was also a beautiful thing. Victor's also, if you guys are looking for coaches, he's a, an amazing coach as well. Um, Sorry, who was the last one? Victor Mikulewski. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Big Mick. Big yep. So anyways, that's an example of something we could totally do that is a different kind of coaching, right? Because it would be either we're learning some kind of material or the, co the, the coach of the day is choosing material. But that is not going to be the kind of coach I think would like set us a direction, you yeah. know, of like looking deeply at our games and then, you know, telling us what we need, need to do to move forward. That would be more more training. Yeah. Right. Um, I've also really, I've always loved the idea of the um the old type of schools they used to do where essentially you know a couple students would meet with a coach for like a week they would do just some kind of intensive camp and then the coach would just assign the students homework for the next six months you know like just go study all of Alakine's games or go solve 5,000 combinations and then six months they just have another like five day super intensive camp they work on everything they get super inspired and then the the students are again sent off for like six months until until next year and so it's very different to nowadays where i think people generally assume the default is just like you just get a lesson once a week and you learn a new topic every week and or you like catch mm -hmm. up on your training plan which also makes sense but yeah i just feel like there's different ways to do it right right yeah david how about you buddy you gonna get a coach i have a coach um, but just as my tournaments are few and far between and my work on my own chess is a little bit scattered and paltry, um, my lessons are also few and far between because I feel like, so, I mean, basically I think like a coach isn't going to help you unless you're doing work on your own as well. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like there's sort of like a, a relationship between tournaments played work done on your games like session with coach like repeat right so if i don't have time to play a tournament or to work on myself then there's no point having a lesson you, you got to have the whole thing going right but whenever i feel like i've done some work i call up you know sam and check in with him uh -huh. about what i've been doing and you know get his advice on what to do next here's an interesting thing dave that pertains to that this is a question came up in chat here and the the well, not a question it was just a, a statement that a coach is like a life coach and therefore should be older than you and of course sam is younger than you mm -hmm. and i have a feeling you wouldn't think of sam as your life coach no i think i have a decade of extra life experience than him Right, right. Yeah. But it's still, I guess, I, I guess, is the, the person in chat there, is there, how do you feel about that comment? That oh, should... Pud's comment that the yeah. coach can't be younger yeah. than you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say, Pud, if you had a lesson with Sam, you would probably change your mind. Or if you checked out the lessons I did with Sam 
on YouTube, you'd probably change your mind after seeing them. I think Sam's a great coach for me. He ticks like basically every single box. Like he knows my, he knows my strengths and weaknesses really well. Uh -huh. He's got, you know, pretty encyclopedic knowledge of chess. So he's super, super strong. That's, that's helpful. Um, and, uh, I mean, on top of that, he's like, he's a great teacher. He, he cares about how I do. Um, I mean, there's really, there's really kind of nothing possibly missing there. No, I, I have a lot of sympathy with what Hoseput's saying, especially in the sense that if you're going to cede authority to this person in terms of like how your chess is going to progress as a person, you know, cause you are a person and you have life going on and, uh, and how you're going to make that study work is, is, is different than just somebody who's imparting knowledge to you. Right. I get it. I get that somebody younger than you could definitely have a lot more knowledge, but in terms of giving you direction, that's where it gets interesting, where I do think there's an element of being a life coach about it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I really can't like, I can't think of a single thing that like Sam is missing as like a coach for me. Uh -huh. Like, like I hear this sort of like term life coach or whatever, but like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I really don't feel like there's anything missing when I do those, those sessions. Like he knows everything that I need to know and more. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's kind of a funny question, but I mean, I don't know. I don't think a coach is like, you know, like a therapist. It'd be weird if your therapist is like younger than you and they're like telling you what to do. <laughs> I mean, even that, must probably be okay in some situations. I mean, you know, you see yeah. the comment from Neil Bruce, right? Like as you get older, like at some point you have no choice, but to hire people younger than you, or like, you're like, what, you're going to write to Averbach and be like, you're the last person who's allowed to be my coach. <laughs> <laughs> so you must be right. Um, yeah. you know, age does not totally determine maturity and people have different maturity and knowledge in different areas. Sam's a person who is in some ways extremely mature for his age and in other ways, extremely immature, like in different mm -hmm. areas and different scopes. Right. And I think someone can be really good at the London and really bad at the night orf and someone else can be really good at um, learning things and really bad at taking care of their, their bills. Or, or different things. So I think you can have all kinds of different, you know, areas of strengths or weakness or maturity or immaturity. And uh, when it comes to, to chess, Sam has really strong maturity across the board. I mean, he does a good job of being professional, taking care of, you know, health and choosing what tournaments to play and how to prepare and like what to do during the tournament routines before or after games, et cetera. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah, you need someone who knows the chess. I think mainly. Um. Well, maybe one final thing to wrap this up here is a little, a little bit of touchy question. People don't like to talk about money, but let's talk about money briefly. Yeah. Uh, how much are you willing to pay? And I'll say this about this is this question is interesting. Is I think especially when I think about all those Soviet 
uh, old timers who are living in a cave somewhere, dude, yeah, they're, they're not going to need as much money. And I think in a way it's cool. There's like, especially right now with this chess boom, there's so many people writing to me and to you guys for lessons and we, I can't do it all. Honestly, I need to dial it back just so my own study can go forward. Um, and so these guys out there, they're like, you know, whereas I'm raising my rates that they, you know, can give people lessons uh, at a much, you know, much lower rate, you know, than than say people who live in let's I was about to say advanced economies. And then I don't know if someone would be offended by that. But you know what I mean, right? It costs more for Kostya to live in the Bay Area than it does for someone to live in Novosibirsk, right? So it's a different kind of game out there. Anyways, the question was, is there a limit or is there a framework for how much you should pay? And I'll maybe I'll just begin myself. I find it very, one of the hardest things for me is since I was poor for so long, I have an innate frugality. It's very hard for me to pay a lot of money, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it, but it is hard for me to pay money, even if I can afford it. Mm -hmm. What are you willing to pay for a lesson? I'm not, let me say this, this is hypocritical. I'm a, I'm a, I, I'm, I raise my rates. I'm going to actually, I'm going to raise them soon to like 125, which is too much. And I would not be willing to myself to pay 125. What, what if you were like in a cave, would, would you hire yourself? If I was in a cave? Yeah. <laughs> if you were a dude in a cave in, yeah. um, Armenia. Oh, and I was willing to pay charge less. You mean? For no, no. For 125, would you pay 125 for an old dude in a cave? Well, that's what I'm saying. No, no. My point was that uh, I personally, because I was poor for so long, I have a hard time paying a lot of money for lessons. So, regardless of who it is, 125 hurts my soul. Okay. So right. you wouldn't pay that much. I mean, I think I should honestly. I think I need to to get grow out of that. I mean, I think it is worth it if if there was a worthy coach and we were doing like once a week, absolutely worth it. But I'm just telling you, then I think other students have this problem too. There is a there's a barrier there that has not only to do with, you know, how much money you have to spend on a coach, but also just a barrier of like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna spend that much money on a coach. It's like, yeah, that's for me anyways, that's a barrier. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'd, I'd love to just hear a number of how much you're willing to pay, but I'll, I'll go ahead and give you some more time and give you mine. Like I would expect to pay in the two to $300 an hour range for, oh, for a okay. coach myself at this point. All right. And since I'm only going to do like, you know, three or four lessons in a year, probably it's not gonna, it's not going to break my bank completely because it's not like weekly. Right. Um, and also i think like also the less you're going to do it and the better you already are at the game the more important it is to just get the right person and like if that's what they want to be paid like i respect what they put into the game to get where mm -hmm. they are enough that i'm happy to pay them that so right 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 okay yeah i think i think if you want someone like shanklin as your coach you should be prepared to pay 300 and i think that uh everybody who does have Sam as a coach is probably very happy that they do. Okay. Kosti, lead us out of the cave here. 
<laughs> um, I think my limit is somewhere around a hundred dollars an hour. Just anything about uh-huh. that feels like yeah. uh, feels like too much for me because um, I have to I have to pay it myself, and that means I have to earn more to afford right. that. So yeah, of course. that's yeah, kind of, of course. the drawback of it costing. More. You sound like you sound like just one year ago your parents would have done it, and now you're like in your first year of like, oh, now I gotta pay for it. <laughs> no, no, it's it's been like this for a while, but I haven't had a lot of coaching in the last uh, you know decade or so. <laughs> so um, I think for um, lower levels, though, what should pe- people be paying? Honestly. Um, think for yeah beginner level players there are many good coaches out there that are charging under $50 an hour I think many mm-hmm. good coaches yeah. um, there's probably a ton of good coaches that are charging like $25 an hour they just mm-hmm. don't have a huge following people don't know them that well but people are out there and I mean lots of these um, kind of less experienced coaches they offer trial lessons or, or cheap lessons to start and I mean, I think the most important thing is just that you enjoy working with them. Like, you know, they make it fun for you and you enjoy your time with them and it doesn't feel like a chore and you look forward to the lesson. And I think it, yeah, there are many affordable coaches out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Stop sending us requests, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, But yeah, that is one of the reasons that I try to raise my rates every once in a while is so that I can just get less and less requests. Um, right. But um, yeah, where to well, find also, a coach? I mean, Both uh, chess.com and leechess have listings with coaching profiles and stuff that you could look at. I mean, right. also you can turn around and use that money to buy a coach for yourself. So. Yeah. Okay, cool guys. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, that was great. I hope other people enjoyed it. It's something new for me, honestly. That's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it. I haven't had a coach for that long. And I'm pushing it on Kostya. Kostya, we want, Dojo wants you to become GM, buddy. You need a coach. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. I don't, I, I, I don't know like how Kostya could be serious and not be seeing like a coach at least once a month. Once a week, buddy. Let's go, Kostya. Oh, maybe even once a week. Otherwise, I really doubt that he's serious about getting better. That's right, Kosi. Hear that, buddy? Yeah. Hear that? No, I, I did get started. I mean, I, I started this process a few months ago, and I found a coach, and mm-hmm. we worked we worked once together already. And then the plan was that I was going to play a tournament and annotate my games and then get back to him. Okay, yeah. and we've seen you working on that. And, on and that has happened. I played the tournament. I've been annotating my games. I was in St. Louis, so I was very busy there, but I'm actually almost mm-hmm. done. So now I'm like, well, now we're going to be figuring out what to work on for the next two months. Yeah. So things are in, in progress. All right. That's All good. Right. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, everybody.